Having said that, I apologize, Guelph, because I'm actually 0-4 in games where I either pick or against you. So <laughs> maybe that's a, a, a bit of a, a foreboding uh, sign for you in that one. Um, no, no, no. It just, it just means you're due, Zach. You're due. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that one. How about... Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Nate and I are back to set up week six in the OUA. Uh, We will see one team wrap up their year, although we will be expecting, well, not expecting, we will be seeing them back in the playoffs. And then we have a whole mess of action going on in the OUA West that, uh, you know, Nate, I I thought we gave it a a decent shot at trying to look in the crystal ball and and do a little prediction of how the playoffs are going to shake down following this week and then thinking about how well if this happened and that happened what would that mean for week seven I think we made the smart decision ultimately saying let's just wait another week because that was uh I don't know that (laughs) did you feel comfortable about any of the sort of predicting we were trying to do and all that Nah, my head was spinning. You know, if you looked at me on Zoom, Zach, I think I might have went cross-eyed at one point. It was, <laughs> it was really confusing. So, uh, yeah, we'll catch you up on all that next week, guys. But uh, just know that uh, every game matters a lot, okay? <laughs> What's the line in Austin Powers where he's, like, explaining how, like, the time travel thing works and Austin's, like, going through the whole thing? He's like, oh, and I've gone cross-eyed. Um, so that's kind of how it feels going through some of these playoff scenarios. But that's kind of how it is every year. So, you know, I, we should be somewhat used to this by now. We'll start with our, our stock watch. Um, I guess a quick little recap from last week just to see how the portfolios are doing. Uh, I had moved off of my Guelph run defense position to open up some space to actually short a little Windsor stock. Uh, them you know, kind of being the darlings of the OUA, coming off those back-to-back wins at home, taking out the Griffins, taking out the Marauders. Uh, and, and then, you know, who knows how the overall consensus of the sort of, uh, you know, the what the the feeling in the ether and the air was about Windsor going into Western, but Western handled their business and, uh, you know, that seemed a bit par for the course. So I felt pretty good about that. Nate, how how did your portfolio, how are your returns looking coming off of uh, week five? Well, I still got that Queens defense and I thought, you know, it was impossible for them to keep going up, but I would have to say that, you know, forcing six turnovers, uh, I think we got, we went up a couple points, a couple percentages there. So I'm I'm happy with that. Um, But let's talk about my position with the Guelph Griffins. Uh, You know, it's a, we saw them be Western earlier in the year. We saw them kind of at a low point going down to Queens. And I thought, you know, Maybe I could pick up some value here, but it's just so many weeks of of seeing what I think are some limitations. And, you know, it's hard for me to kind of look at them and see like a really deep playoff run going on. It's not impossible. I think anything's possible this year, but I am not willing to stake, um, you know, my financial portfolio on something so volatile. So I'm going to have to... uh, I'm going to have to sell stock in the Griffs, you know, it's it's apologies. This is not financial advice. This is just my opinion. You know, it's for my own stuff. I'm going to school abroad, you know, this stuff. It's not not a good time to be playing around my money. Um, That being said, I am going to take a long shot here. uh, (laughs) And I'm going to buy some stock in the Mac offense. You know, I think of myself as a bit of an opportunistic guy. You look at the Guelph 
sort of by last week. And this is kind of a similar situation. Um, the Mac offense probably hasn't looked worse in a decade in a single game over that the last time they got shut out. So what better time than now to buy, buy the dip, baby. So I'm going to buy Mac offense going into this week against York and uh, we'll see how I feel about that next week. But that's my pick for this week. Well, you know, just speaking as a friend, I I feel, I feel like you've made some very, uh, you know, it's very wise, fiscally responsible moves there. So I'm happy for you. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, it's like you said, the, that Windsor one, not sure how much of a, you know, on a limb that was kind of shorting them going into Western. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna buy into a little Connor Carousello stock. You know, we saw him make the return for Laurier, picking up the dub against McMaster, you know, it's probably would have got that win if it was still Elgersma just based on how things broke down but you know give, got to give him a little bit of time get back in the flow of things you know get that offense comfortable with him back at the helm and uh you know taking on a Windsor defense that's that's definitely been tough this year um uh for teams unless you were the Western Mustangs but you know I, I'm looking at him you know with this being as we kind of said it's all these games matter a ton and for this uh you know this Windsor Laurier game is actually it's actually really interesting to think of what this means in, in the grand scheme of things based on not just how the standings project after this one, but then also when you look at the – in terms of tiebreaker where common opponents and things like that, this is the game, as far as this week is concerned, that could really throw a wrench into you know, making uh, you know us just going cross-eyed and our heads spinning to God knows whatever else – <laughs> would happen if if uh you know if, if Windsor takes uh, who knows but anyways Connor Carousello looking for him to have a, a bounce back performance after a bit of a eh, performance in his return this week but uh we'll see what happens in that one uh and, and before we hop into our previews for this week just taking a quick look at some of the statistical leaders starting in the rushing category um and this one is uh you know probably the more interesting uh, race, so to speak, as far as like top of the standings, where you know we, I think, I feel comfortable and confident in in making our sort of midseason prediction or pick of Rashid Tucker being the most valuable player in the OUA thus far in the season. Team's undefeated. He has been outstanding. But you know, I say all that to say that he is now currently sitting actually second in rushing behind Keon Edwards for Western. Now. Would Keon have had quite as gaudy numbers if Trey Humes was in that game against Windsor? It might have brought him down a little bit. That's kind of where, you know, whether or not in a vacuum, you know, you take Trey Humes, Keon Edwards, Rasheed Tucker, you know, in a vacuum, who's the most talented running back? Obviously, it's impossible to see, but to, to tell, but partly why, as far as kind of award season type accolades go, you might give the nod to Tucker just because. We know when Humes and Edwards are in the backfield, they kind of cannibalize each other's numbers. We see it when you're just feeding Keon, you know, if if he was doing that all year long. And, and you said against a Windsor defense that does have a lot of good talent on that on that side of the ball. Um, what was it? 171, two TDs, stupid number. So he's sitting in first at 133 yards per game, only in the four games compared to Rashid having five games already. Um, but he's no no slouch either, of course, with 118 yards per per game and uh you know sitting in third um a guy named trey and i ain't talking about humes 
We're talking number five for Waterloo of 112 yards on the ground uh, per game for him. And obviously his status, uh, as far as our recording right now, a bit still up in the air. But we'll use Trey to then move into some of the passing leaders, which kind of set up in talking about the rushers, is a little less juicy, uh, a little less uh, (laughs) a head scratcher. all right, you Zach, take- Zach yes. stop dancing. Let's stop dancing around with what's going on here, okay? <laughs> this is one of the... Um, <laughs> say it, say uh, it, you coward. <laughs> say it, you coward. It's, it is one of the worst statistical years for OUA quarterbacks in God knows how long. I mean, since I've kind of been watching the league and sort of that, it's, it is rough right now in terms of, of yardage. Uh, you know, Trey Ford leading the way with, 240 yards per game that's first in the league you know to have no one up around sniffing 300 yards is not something I've been familiar with at all during my time in the OUA and sort of beyond that keeping an eye on things um you know Duke was a bit close to that last week but obviously having only 50 yards in the game will set you back a ways clearly so um you know kind of wonder how that uh there's only two weeks left so I don't see that changing substantially and it's something to keep an eye keep an eye on as the season goes on and seeing kind of OUA MVP season and things like that and maybe we won't have kind of a, a quarterback come out of there this year maybe we'll see a different position um so just some speculation out there from my end but um yeah we'll see what, what happens going forward with these quarterbacks but so far um limited output let's put it that way Limited output. We'll put that's that's our our word of the year right there next to developing. Um, so yeah, um, it, who knows what that what we can count that up to? I mean, you know, um, you talk about missing the season and the double recruit class, double seniors, and all these things, and you know, two offensive guys. So obviously, probably a, a little biased towards the offensive side of the ball, but I think it's fairly at least a fairly accepted truism of football that offense does take a little bit more to get going than defense. Um, So maybe just the year off was going to affect offenses more than defenses. And we've obviously highlighted a number of these defenses around the league that have, and individuals as well have had tremendous years. Um, Maybe that factors into it too, that just the missed year is going to affect offense more than it was going to affect defense. And, you know, you talk about, how much production has changed over the last couple of years. You know, it's obviously the first year in, in a long time, not seeing Chris Merchant's name up there. And obviously he's going to, you know, that's obviously going to take down the sort of overall, you know, well of talent or pool of talent a little bit there, but nonetheless, just checking on some of those stats leaders. And I, you know, I think I agree. We'll probably see a non QB uh, player winning MVP this year, but you know, that's why we'll, that's why we're covering the rest of these games because who knows what's going to happen. But let's hop into these games, starting with the uh, the Thursday evening game where your Queens Gales are finishing off their regular season by hitting the road to visit the Ottawa GGs. Ottawa coming off a bye um, in week five. And, you know, we, we seemingly talked about this game <laughs> a few instances, uh, you know, leading up to this week. Um in the sense of, you know, we have Ottawa, this extra time off with that bye, short week for Queens. Is that going to factor in at all when you have also at this point, uh, you know, as we kind of mentioned, the East is pretty well solidified all except for, you know, where people are going to slot in in the standings and everything of that nature. Um, 
so you, like maybe this is a chance for you know clearly this game matters to the GGs. Well, does it matter more to them when I don't know? This is weird. I'd say I'll, I'll put it out there as far as it's concerned. If you if I, you know if I'm picking, which I am picking, I'm taking queens in this one. Could there be some shenanigans going on? Maybe. I mean, but. I don't know. Does this game really even matter that much for Ottawa in the grand scheme of things if they're just making the playoffs? Because they could end up just playing Carlton in the first round anyways. So does the home field really matter that much anyways? I mean, if they wind up having to travel to Toronto, but I don't think that would end up happening. I don't think there's a scenario where they would be going to Toronto. So maybe this just maybe this game absolutely, unequivocally, just doesn't really matter. Aside from maybe stats. I don't know. What, what, what thoughts have you had about this matchup here? Well, I mean, if you say that about this game, you <laughs> might as well say about the remaining games in the East. I mean, it's just a, yeah, it's just a, it's just a matter of seeding at this point. It seems like, um, but you know, these games still matter. It matters for growth in a team like Ottawa that um, is young and developing. It's important to have a good showing against Queens to sort of instill some confidence in the guys. And you know what? For the rest of the East too, you got to make this make these guys look. Um, more beatable i guess let's say and obviously they have a, ha, are going to have a week and a half to prepare this game it's a real short week for queens um so queens is on the road it's a thursday it's it's pretty unconventional um but i think after watching kind of ottawa this year and especially kind of that last game against york and you know york defense has given them trouble but Obviously, Queen's defense is a whole nother animal, and they showed that against their last outing against Ottawa. I'm hoping this one's closer, and I think it will be closer just given the circumstances. But, you know, at this point, especially in that Easter conference, I struggle to find any kind of reason to pick against Queen's right now. So I'm going to go with the Gales as well. Yeah, and we'll just move on from that one because I don't know what else we can really say about that one. So we'll move over to our Saturday slate of games where, uh, you know, unfortunately it's nice getting that Thursday night game, but everything else is kind of just clumped together around that one o'clock. So we got three one o'clock games uh, starting off with the game that uh, we are taking as the game of the week. And I'm sure you will agree with us in this pick. It is the Western Mustangs packing their bags, hitting the road and traveling down the 401 to take on the Waterloo Warriors. Time of recording, don't know the status of Trey Ford in this one, which obviously is, you know, massive as far as, you know, what we think is going to happen in this one, to say the very least. Um, And then as well, like, you know, we kind of said we don't really want to get into the standings watch, but if, well, put it this way, I mean, this is, you know, if wins, pardon me, if, if Waterloo drops this game, then... You know, obviously we joke that they can't finish four and four again this year, but losing this game is a sure road to best case outcome for them as far as regular season standings is another 500 season, which, you know what, in the grand scheme of how the West is played out, it kind of feels like we're just getting a vibe for who can beat who on any given day. And there seems to be like a group of teams and, and you know, kind of across you know, the OUA as well, kind of clumping in Queens in that mix. We kind of have those teams that I feel like we feel very confident barring, you know, travel and, you know, my home in a way that, you know, we know the teams that will, you know, give each other good competition. So maybe finishing three and three at the end of the day, doesn't really matter for Waterloo, but ah, come on. It, I would <laughs> I don't know. What what are you thinking about this one? Uh, you know, Trey being there or Trey not being there? Well, I mean, 
given our conversation last week, I want to say it seems like Trey would be okay. I, I can't say that for sure. I don't know what protocols are in place necessarily for Waterloo, how they're treating it as far as concussions go. I know things need to be very specific in terms of, you know, having to take some tests and having to pass certain tests at a certain time to clear for different stages. And so I don't, I'm not, can't say hundred percent sure that he's in the game, but I can say it didn't seem like he was too negatively affected on the bench after, um, I'm going to treat it as if he's playing. So if he's not, forgive me for my pick, because I think without him, there's absolutely no way they win this ball game. Um, but I mean, looking at this and sort of looking at the past five years for Waterloo, and it's really now or never. Like we've talked about this year and sort of they've stumbled a bit down the last couple of weeks that they've played. And this is kind of the time where it's, you got Western coming to your home field. It's, um, you know, they're only two weeks left. And it's it's now or never time for them. And I'm just going to root. I'm just going to pick this one as if I'm a fan. I want to see some Trey Ford magic. You know, I want to see Wester come down to earth a bit. Um, so I'm going to take Waterloo in this one. It's a bit of a gut pick. I can't say there's. It's going to be really hard to pick against Western after kind of what we saw last week and basically everything since Guelph for them but um yeah i'm all about problems i'm all about drama i'm all about chaos zach i want more of that in my life so uh, i'm picking waterloo uh yeah well you know you hit it on the head that obviously you know if we don't see number five for waterloo then you know i think uh we should all be forgiven for assuming western should wax them um you know i i I thank you for taking waterloo because not even with trade not that I don't think that they could make that pick, but I, I feel just a you know, slight bit more comfortable just taking Western. And as I am still several games behind you in the standings, and you know all this talk about standings watch makes me realize that I don't even think I could catch up to you if uh, I picked against you on every single bet and, and they all went my way. Maybe I could, maybe, but that's not going to happen anyways. Uh, I'll take Western though on the road. Um, you know, it's you talked about buying into some Connor Caracello stock with him getting that first you know start back from injury and you know getting more time to you know get his you know feet under him and get comfortable back in that offense. Um Western though, I mean you were talking about how you know this was Evan Hillock's first true start and you know rookie or no rookie this was a stellar performance by him out there. So and but nonetheless I still think you have to give him the benefit of just assuming that it'll only get better with more time in there. You know, we obviously see what that running game is going to do. Hopefully, Trey Humes is back there for him. Not sure the status of of why he wasn't in that Windsor game. Magne Jones has been an absolute beast. You know, <laughs> it's funny when you look at the the year that you know Keon's had uh, and Trey at the running back position. Magne Jones, obviously, not just as a receiver, but having that big t- uh, punt return touchdown in that Laurier game, and then the quarterback question mark for them as well. That it's easy to forget that like they still have Brett Ellerman at receiver as well. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> You know, like, uh, you know, and a number of other, like, seriously talented guys. So, you know, also, man, if I don't even think when we were kind of going over the scenarios that we, we really played with what happens if, if Waterloo wins this. And then so just to save my, my poor little brain here as well, I'm going to I'm going to go with the, the, the Western pick uh, on this one. But, you know. Hoping, you know, once again with my heart, hoping for a good game. And, and more than anything, just hoping that Trey's out there looking like his Trey self. Um, 
but we'll, we'll put a bow on that one. So that's our game of the week. Western uh, traveling to take on the Warriors. Our next game, we have the Marauders. The, uh, wow, the, you know, talk about things that ha- don't happen with Mac. I mean, the two-in-a-row losing streak, McMaster Marauders hitting the road to take on the less of a surprise four-in-a-row losing streak, York Lions at home. Uh, both these teams obviously coming off losses. York in the Argo Cup at Barcy Stadium. Mac with that odd game, to say the least, at, uh, pardon me, home against Laurier. Um, now, can, can I ask you something to start this off? Please. Just to see where, where we're at with the Marauders here. Yeah, yeah. Would you be shocked if York won this football game? Uh, I, yes, yes, yes. Okay, let me just, yes. That, that, pro- it took, that took longer than it should have to begin with. The answer is yes. But, ah, oh, man, goodness gracious. I, but no, at the same, well, my. Because I guess, what did we say? As you kind of broke down in that, in that Laurier-Mac game, where it's like, it wasn't as if Laurier did anything spectacular. You know, they were on the fortuitous side of a couple of well, those the the defense was spectacular oh the offense me. sorry i sorry I, it. yeah, yeah. The, the laurier offensive sorry if i didn't say that, i meant to say the laurier offense and it was sort of that the defense making plays and so there kind of is that formula here in this york game as well more so even when we have the fact that it's mac now taking the show on the road where you know does this york defense that we've talked so much about cause more problems for you know, Duick and the Marauders, um, and we've clearly seen them falter. It's, I still don't think them at their low is real, like them at their best. I still think is more indicative of just how talented they are. But it no, it would definitely still be a surprise, and especially given that you know, as far as the how bad do you want it component of this game goes, I mean, Mac, Mac, don't lose to York. Don't just don't do it. Like optics aside, like that is like. Well, I, you had the the Windsor game was the first <laughs> one in twenty five years. I wonder what the stats like for York. Uh, probably something close to that, I would imagine. Yeah. No. Uh, goodness gracious, if it's ever happened. Um. But yeah, just hey Mac, go beat York. Just, just go do that. I mean, like, come on. Is it, is it asking for that much for anyone to go beat York at this point? I, but would I be, you know, would I be surprised? Yes. Is, is the formula in place for like, you know, and we don't, I'm not checking the weather report for what's going on there. You know, York, there's sometimes a weird like wind tunnel action going. Like you might be able to speak to that more as a quarterback who's, who's played against them. Um, and has that little, you know, magic pixie dust that, you know, Windsor has at home that's just like weird stuff kind of happens there. But yes, it would be a surprise. Mac, you are the better team. Go get the victory. You are keep doing your thing on defense. Figure your, you know, your stuff out on offense. You know, whatever that's going to be, you know, looking to the future. Um, but yes, Mac, take care of your business. Would it surprise you? I'll, I'll throw that back at you after hearing me ramble on that for way too long. Yeah, I think it would. But then losing to Laurier also surprised me. <laughs> so, I mean, if that surprised me, then this would probably surprise me too. Um, you know, obviously I kind of 
started this podcast by buying some stock in Mac. So I think in their offense, so I think my pick's pretty clear here, unless I'm just trying to tank my <laughs> myself in general, uh, my finances. Um, but I think it just doesn't feel like this is it for this team. I know they're down in the bottom of the OUA West, but it just... I, don't know, I can feel the narrative drumming up already as Matt kind of, oh, they sneaked their way in. They got the big win against Guelph on the road in the last week of the season. They sneak in. Oh, they surprised someone in the first week of the playoffs. I just, that feels more realistic to, to me than, you know, sort of the other way around here. I can see it happening. And I think sort of, you know, like I said, against the Windsor game, as much of an anomaly it was, was, they were still good on offense. Last week was insane. Hopefully we get some better weather. But, um, yeah, too too much pride, I think, in that MAC team. And, I, you know, their season's not over yet. I know they're definitely going to be preaching that all week in practice. And, um, yeah, I see them getting it done this week in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, we'll sort of segue this into our next game with with UFT visiting Guelph. Um, and if I didn't make that clear, I'm also taking Mac in that matchup. But you know, another sort of route to victory for both Toronto teams this week could be a situation where both Mac and Guelph are overlooking those teams, being like, "This comes down to Week Seven, where you know uh, Guelph is hitting the road to take on Mac." And I mean, that kind of still is the case, unless one team of those Mac, uh, one team of Mac and Guelph wins this week and the other loses, I imagine that would kind of, well, maybe that still wouldn't completely kind of resolve the mystery. But that could be another thing, too. If both those teams are looking past these games at that last week, being like, hey, it all comes down to that, which it may or may not, um, that could be another route to victory. What were you going to say on that? Well, I I was just saying I made the mistake of saying Mac was going to go on the road against Guelph. They're at home. Now I feel way better. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, we'll transition into the uh, our next game where UFT is hitting the road, taking on the Guelph Griffins. Hello there, friends. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure was some great OUA football talk, but I just want to remind you super quick that if you want to help support our brand and in the process support Stella's Place, you can always visit our website at the55.ca, visit the store, and get yourself hooked up with some of our great gear. We still have masks, hats, and our dry fit t-shirts. So at the55.ca slash store is the place to be to get all that. And as we said, it not only supports us, but it helps out Stella's Place, the non-for-profit that helps young people deal with their mental health by providing a number of resources and really reinforcing the importance of peer support and community. So we're all about helping them out. You can also visit their website, www.stellasplace.ca to find out more about them. But at the55.ca is the place to be for our merch that, as we said, supports Stella's Place as well. Back to the conversation. Where the Griffins are undefeated right now at home at Alumni Stadium. Um, You know, we talked about in this one that uh, despite the you know the the sort of box score you know thousand foot view of that Waterloo uh, game last week that yeah you know Guelph looked pretty strong but uh, you know you, you were you were quick to note that you know it still doesn't I mean we obviously talked about the bit of a carousel at quarterback and still trying to figure out that piece of it but you know even with some of the good we saw and all that it just it's hard to have too too much confidence in this Guelph team unless we just feel like that you know if there were a team that is just you know nominally better at home than on the road maybe that's just them you know I I thought we could have said that about Mac until 
last week um, as well, but that obviously went out the window a little bit. Um, you know, as we said with that Mac game, this is huge for Guelph. As we kind of said in the Ottawa Queens game for Toronto, sure it matters, but does it really matter? I don't actually, you know, in the in the standings piece of it, um, you know, I'm not sure that really matters. What before we get into your pick, how does Toronto end up walking out of Alumni Stadium with a W this Saturday? How does what what does that look like? What are we talking about? next Sunday in breaking down a U of T victory at Guelph that, that happened? Well, in thinking at the top and thinking about that York game that U of T just played, uh, my suspicion is the Griffins will be watching that tape and saying, uh, we're going to be blitzing and sending the pressure. We're going to send the house this game, okay? They, U of T obviously didn't have a, a sufficient strategy for it last week, and you know, why not do the same? I mean, it's a copycat league. It just, it makes too much sense. Um, so from that perspective, it'll be a tough day for the U of T offense. You know, I don't think it's going to be a game where they're scoring 30, 40 points or anything like that. Absolutely not. No one's been able really to do that against this Guelph team. And for good reason, um, I think it relies more on that Guelph offense. And like, that's kind of where they struggled this year. Obviously we've talked about the young quarterbacks, you know, we saw kind of U of T gain a bunch of turnovers against York last week. Not that, you know, York hasn't done that in the past, but it's a six turnover game. You know, U of T deserves some credit for that now. Um, so I think it really comes down to that. And <laughs> it feels kind of weird to say kind of going into this year with U of T and the expectations with the offense. But I think it's going to come down to their off kind of, you know, that defense and if they're able to gain some turnovers against that Guelph offense and move the ball, it's going to be about special teams. Obviously you have number six returning kicks for Guelph. That's always going to make you uh, shake in your boots a little bit as a coordinator, as a head coach. Um, but I think really it comes down to playing smart football. If UFT can limit turnovers and sort of be advantageous, I think they have a chance at this one for sure. And I, I don't think it's outrageous that they could go in there and get this done. Well, I mean, you mentioned Clark Barnes in the return game. I mean, knowing U of T, they probably just won't kick to him at all. McLean will just, you know, keep it himself, um, which, you know, I say that half jokingly, but I'm just entirely serious. He will he, he will inevitably fake a punt in this game, um, hopefully to a bit more returns than uh, he had in that last York game. Um, and the, you mentioned Toronto being able to, you know, make some stuff happen with their defense. And we saw that against the York game. And, you know, take it with a grain of salt for what you might think about that York off, uh, yeah, that York offense. But, you know, we saw Malcolm Campbell, the veteran defensive end there for uh, U of T, really um, cause a bit of havoc um, for Craney. We saw Cody Hale come up with a pick six for them. So, you know, they're, they're, you know it, it wouldn't... Could it happen? Yeah, for sure. I mean, would it completely... You know, blow my mind uh, completely. Maybe not completely, but somewhere in that ballpark. Um, I, you know, hopefully just for Guelph, they're able to. You know, if it stays competitive, we kind of talked about with with Queens that you know, while they haven't been completely challenged this year, there's been moments in games where a certain area of their teams perhaps been challenged in a way that uh, you know the sort of just overall excellence of other parts of their teams their team has sort of kept them in the games for them to be able to get it all sorted out. So, you know, maybe this gives Guelph the opportunity to say like, well, you know, if it stays tight or whatever, maybe they're able to figure some stuff out offensively against a, a UFT defense that 
you know, on the whole, despite shouting out some of those guys, not the strongest out there, but, you know, you know, still going to go with Guelph on this one, which, you know, I, I love, you know, I love taking my, my, my alma mater and taking them with confidence that they're going to win. Having said that, I apologize, Guelph, because I'm actually 0-4 in games where I either pick or against you, so maybe that's a, a, a bit of a foreboding uh, sign for you in that one. Um, no, no, no. It just, it just means you're due, Zach. Do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go with that one how about um and, and you know last thing i'll say on the guelph pressure piece um going back to that 2019 game you know that i think that was last week of the season or one of the last games and you saw U of T resort to doing a like double tight protection pretty much the whole game because of just i mean obviously the amount of pressure that that guelph front seven created and also just like you know i think that U of T line's gotten a bit better but it's, it's been a little bit of tough sledding for them it's it's quite remarkable what clay's been able to do for his tenure there so you know we've, we've seen him do some remarkable things and uh we'll see if that continues for them win or lose but uh that'll transition us into our last game where we have the windsor lancers on the road again taking on the golden hawks of wilford laurier two o'clock start so a little bit of diversity in the start time you know you'll be able to you <laughs> be halfway through any of these other one o'clock games and start tuning on that one i guess that's a win for the fans um just just in case they're all horrible i don't suspect that being the case but uh i don't know after last week we'll see (laughs) well yeah you know so this is a team both these teams uh or pardon me windsor coming off the 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 beat down at windsor pardon me at western uh laurie coming off of that odd game on the road at mac um you know looking at where these two teams sit right now and this is kind of this is you know much like with that Western Waterloo game, this is where the outcome of this one gets very sticky um, as far as seedings go. Cause both these teams sitting at two and two, but more importantly, when you come, when it comes down to like which team beat, which common opponent and all that um, really either team winning this game uh, creates just a number of headaches in terms of who's beaten whom. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts looking at this one sort of off the jump before we get into predictions? Anything anything stand out for you? Ugh, I just I hate having to pick one of these two teams. I have no idea what to make of this game. Honestly, um, you know, we kind of talked a bit about that Laurier game and how I kind of feel like as much as their defense played really well and, you know, they got those two touchdowns on special teams, touchdown on defense. The special teams was just a drop punt, and they picked it up and scored. The defense was just a pass that, you know, went off a of Mac receiver's hands and just landed in their lap. The offense only scored eight points. Like, I don't really love that either. Um, I don't love Windsor getting 50-piece last week. <laughs> I just, uh, what, what do I do here? What do I do? Um, so this one just feels really weird to me. And, uh, you know, this week, you know, I just want to have some fun, Zach. I want to, I want to have some fun, and I want uh, some people to be shocked, and I want to be watching the games and think, "Wow, this is unbelievable." So uh, I'm going to pick Windsor, and you know what? I can't find uh, too many amazing reasons behind it, but uh, it's what I want to happen. Well, hey, you know what? Like when we look at how they've actually produced all season long, you know, the running game very much was. Um, 
a non-factor against Western, and for good reason, being that Western's run defense is as stout as it gets in the league. But David Adenaran's shown, you know, incredible promise all year long. So no doubt he'll have a bounce-back performance. Um, and you know, same with Gerard. I mean, you know, obviously that saying the same things about that Western pass defense, and of course getting Kojo back, and, and even you know, bigger support to that defense that's already been good. Um, well, as, as much as that offense, I mean, it really will come down to what has been their winning formula. And, you know, their defense is going to have to generate turnovers. And they still did that last week against Western, forcing three fumbles. So yeah. it's not, you know, out of the realm of possibility. We saw Carousel throw a couple picks last week. So who knows, right? Yeah. But much like uh, your assessment of the McMaster-York game, part of my prediction in here is based on my... Uh, own stock portfolio and thinking that carousel will have a strong outing this one so i will take the golden hawks at home um over the windsor lancers um but yeah i i mean i could as far as the surprise factor goes i don't know what i i don't i don't think i'll be at this game but whichever game i'm at whenever i see a score update whether it's first quarter first half or end of the game i can't really envision what specific outcome unless one of these teams absolutely steamrolls the other that would have me being huh that's odd um yeah wins are taking this one on the road in a tight game turnovers special teams hijinks whatever it might be totally see it Laurier handling their business. Carousel getting more in the groove. Tanner and Nelms running the ball. That defense still in their thing. Totally would buy it. I'd say pretty much only these one of these teams just absolutely, you know, sending the other one on their way just disrespectfully would be the only outcome that'd be like that. That that's a bit of a shocker. But I'll I'll stick with the Golden Hawks on that one. Um, I think that takes us through. The, the slate of games anything else we want to touch on before we uh wrap up this week's action and pretty much get ready for this this queen's ottawa game anything you want to you want to discuss well i mean just emphasize you know the stakes get higher and higher each week i mean there's going to be uh we're going to be having some real deep conversations after this one we might hit two hours on our next recording for all we know it seems like each time we get longer and longer and uh yeah, be on the lookout for that after this week because uh, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot to talk about and a lot to break down. So uh, looking forward to it all. Yeah, uh, to to quote our, our friend Dakota Vine from the 2019 season, the who's back of the week for week seven might be math because I am dreading the fact that there will be some math involved in figuring out these playoff predictions. But I do so with a smile on my face nonetheless because, as you said, it has been chaos, it has been madness, it has been all types of excitement, whatever you want to call it. It's been the 2021 OUA season, and, you know, However it's gone down, it's been a hell of a ride uh, being with you for this journey, and we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Make sure you are following us on all our socials, at the 55 Podcast. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram, on Facebook, live-tweeting these games, uh, doing some coverage, hopefully, from the games we are at live. Checking out the website, at the55.ca. You're reading the blogs, checking out the store, buying merch, supporting our team, our brand, supporting Stella's Place non-for-profit that helps young people dealing with their mental health providing resources um, that we really love supporting them as well and uh yeah you know and, and as always you know and once again another reason to be following us on socials if there's anything you want us to be talking about anything we're missing you've got questions you've got comments or there's any content you want us to be doing or whatever send it our way we are always happy to you know give the people what they want that's what we're here for so until next time nate we'll see you next time at the 55 